I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. And we are back. I am Eric Norton. This is the Fat Packs Podcast, and we are coming to you on the Beckett Podcasting Network. How are you doing this week? Thank you so much for joining me. I do appreciate it. A uh, big shout out to my sponsors up front here. Uh, of course, Pastime Marketplace. Uh, they're beautiful, beautiful cases that they have uh, to help protect your graded cards. Go check them out. Uh, Pastime Marketplace online. They have an eBay store too, where you can go pick them up. Um, of course, Badger Breaks. Uh, Kyle, what's up, man? Thanks for so much for sponsoring the show. I do appreciate that as well. And then Dane over at Dynasty Breaks. Uh, hey, I don't know if I told this or not, but while we were at the Industry Summit, somebody from Dynasty Breaks bought me breakfast, and I didn't get to s- a chance to say thank you. So thank you for that, Dynasty Breaks, for buying me breakfast. I really appreciate that. At Sid's, Sid's where a stack of, pan- a stack of two pancakes was $10. Not thrilled about that, but... Thank you so much uh, for from whomever at Dynasty Breaks who bought me breakfast. Of course, go check out uh, DynastyBreaks.com and uh, BadgerBreaks.com so you can uh, get in on the latest and greatest that they're doing there. Dane giving me those hits of the nights. Two Kyler Murray autographs this week, one on a jersey and one on a mini helmet. Really cool. And then had that gold NFL Players Association uh, logo dual tag of Noah Fant and Drew Locke, which was cool to see too. So, uh, Dynasty and Badger doing it big. And, of course, again, pass out marketplace for those graded cases. All right, guys. Fun week so far. Um, I'm recording this early. It's it's a Wednesday. I usually record uh, on Thursday mornings and get it out, you know, later that day. But I'm, I'm, I'm uh, heading out on a little R&R, so I'm getting this done early. And so I need to react to some things that are going on in the hobby. But before we do that, we got to do new products and pricing. New pricing wise, we have 2019 tops clearly authentic uh, price for you in your online price guide. We also have 2018-19 upper deck clear cut price for you in your price guide. So go check those two out. That clear cut product is pretty cool. It's it's worth the bang for the buck. It's really nice. And we just uh, got the cup. Also, I got it all set up in the in the software. So. That'll be priced hopefully in the next couple of weeks, but that uh, just to give you a little heads up that Elias Pedersen, that is, uh, or Elias, however you say, Elias, Elias, the Pedersen is, uh, it's going to be about f- probably four to four to $7,000, four to $8,000 somewhere in there. I've seen sales so far that are, that are nice. We'll see what happens a couple with a few more, but right now it's trending in that four to $5,000 mark, so that's pretty cool to see. Especially since the Brock Besser from last year, that it, it didn't carry as much weight as, say, the uh, well, it didn't really carry as much weight as the Matthews the year before, or the definitely not the McDavid the year before that. So, it's uh, it's fun to see, but they've had these uh, this run of run of uh, guys in that in that ninety nine RPA list that that are really you know as always they hit the target with these guys. So you had McDavid, Matthews, Besser, now Pedersen. Let's see what let's see what happens with this year, as there are some uh, rookies who are, uh, you know, obviously we're a whole year away from that, but there's some rookies that are making a name for themselves right now, and just so happens another one happens to be uh, Quentin Hughes, who is a Vancouver 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 Canuck. So that would be three in a row with Besser, Pedersen, and then now Hughes. So uh, let's see what happens, you know, in a year from now, but. 
right now, 2018-19, the cup is out in uh, beautiful cards. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right. Um, new products-wise, it's it's kind of a kind of a slow week. Um, in that we just have a just two items that we need to talk about on the sports side. That's the uh, Panini NBA stickers. Those are out with the sticker books, and then 2019 Onyx Authenticated Premier Gear is out as well. And then on the gaming side of things, this is a lot more fun, I think. 2019 Historic Autographs Limelight Signatures. 2019 Super Break Pieces of the Past Historical Edition. 2019's Top Star Wars Stellar Signatures, which is a hefty product. And then a show that I'm not very familiar with, but I know is very popular, is uh, Twin Peaks Archives is out as well. I never got into Twin Peaks. It was uh, filmed, I believe, up yeah, it was filmed up in Washington, uh, in, in the area that I that I lived near. So, um, went to the little cafe. I don't know much about the show, but I know it has, has a very popular following. So, that's uh if you're if you're into that, let me know how the product is because I'd I'd be interested to hear. My wife, my wife uh, Megan, who is was born and raised in Seattle, she she remembers it. And she didn't really care for it, but I know that it has a huge following. So, if you if you pick it up, let me know. Those non those non uh, non sport products are, are really fun. And speaking of non sport products, our giveaway for Halloween is up right now on Twitter. Go check that out, man. It's really cool. Uh, Brooke Fran- Brooke Brooke Francisco and uh, is it D Francisco or Frisco? I will just call it Brooke. Brooke and Matt, our non sport analyst, did a full box break of fright rags halloween and brooke took the nine no, the nine stickers put them in a nine page pocket page nine pocket page and had it slabbed up in an old beckett oversized slab and it looks really cool so we're giving that way giving that away as a as a complete sticker set uh already slabbed up for you it looks really awesome so go get entered in that all you need to do is uh follow us fat packs podcast of course if you're, if you're listening to this you're probably following it already Go follow our non-sports update page and then tag two friends and retweet with uh, Fat Packs Halloween, I believe, is the uh, hashtag. If it's not, the correct hashtag is there so you can check it out and do what you will. It's a it's a really cool piece. It's it's a uh, it would display well. That's how it would display well on a shelf. If you have a Halloween themed or a spooky themed uh, you know area on your desk or whatever, it would look good there. So go get into that now. Again, back to Twin Peaks. That is out and. Um, I want to, I want to see that. I don't know that we'll get that in house to break. So if you pick some up, please let me know, tag me in it. And, uh, I'd like to see the results from it because that show is very popular for, for some reason. So I'd like, I'd like to know a little bit more about it. All right. Let's talk about a few things that need to be discussed. First, big shout out to, uh, Nate over at Grand Slam. They set out uh, for a goal to donate a hundred thousand dollars to St. Jude and, that has been reached in less than three months. So congratulations for that. That's a beautiful and wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, total in just three months is $102,000. And if I know anything about Nate, uh, they're not going to stop there. So one, congratulations for reaching your goal. This is a, a wonderful thing that you're doing. Uh, you're you're a very generous and, and charitable man. So uh, I'm not surprised by this. The, the following that you have uh, is absolutely unbelievable. So it, I'm, I'm not surprised this happened. I'm not surprised that, um, the, the people behind you got behind you like they did. And you were able to do this so quickly, 
but it's just really great. So here's a big drag them to you. Congratulations. Uh, and just keep doing what you're doing, Nate. It's, it's wonderful to see. Next thing we need to talk about is uh, Bowman X that was on StockX. Is it called Bowman X? I'm not sure. It's uh, Bowman Chrome X. That's what it is. I have just general thoughts about this, but I saw my guy Ryan Holland over at Real Breaks break break this down in a better way. So I thought I would just share his his thoughts and perspective from this and uh, just just put it out there and see what you think. So this is directly from their Twitter page or it might be their, their Facebook page, but it's on Twitter where I'm reading it from. So I'll just, I'll just read it directly and uh, you guys can react to it. All right. At the 2019 Tops Conference in Arizona this spring, this spring, we had a novel product development idea, a Bowman Chrome HTA with all three cards graded. Tops dismissed us, dismissed putting graded cards into wax as too expensive, but apparently all it took was someone with more money than us to convince them. You may have received an email or seen the chatter in other, <coughs> excuse me, in other groups about the 2019 Bowman Chrome X exclusive product for Newcomer to the hobby, StockX, the, st- the seller. StockX is a collectible marketplace that has primarily been involved in the sneaker trade industry while trying to deliver a stock market-like but <clears throat> buying experience for collectibles that behave similar to commodities as the EBB and the, I'm sorry, as the EBB, as the ebb and flow with supply and demand. Why did I read it like that? StockX set up at the National in Chicago this year as they sought to expand into trading cards and this is their initial attempt, albeit quite small attempt. Now, you guys might have heard Stock uh, Josh Luber from StockX on the podcast here. I hope you, you did. Go back and listen to it if you didn't. And uh, he'll give you some insight about what StockX is and what they're doing. All right, the product. 2019 Bowman Chrome takes Bowman Chrome X takes 35 rookie subjects and 65 prospect subject, subjects from the 2019 Bowman Chrome uh, product and delivers one card per box. The catch, this card is already graded either a PSA 9 or 10, but this isn't some buyback product. They've actually created a new green X-Fractor number to 31 and it's exclusive new parallel color. Here's what we like. Stock X method of selling this product is intriguing. It's called an IPO and they accept blind bids for the product. They have 1,100 boxes and 400 cases for sale. The twist the high bidder isn't necessarily the, isn't the winner. They use the supply and demand and a bit of hype to let the market set the price. The strike price, the in-sell price of the boxes is actually the 1,000th and 100th bid, meaning everyone who bid more than that number actually pays less for their box than they are willing to bid. Two, we asked Tops for a graded Bowman product. This isn't exactly what we had in mind, but it is a step in the right direction. Here's what we don't like. Green is the color of poison. It's quite clearly the least desirable parallel color in the world of Bowman. For the love of God, pick a color like gold or orange. I disagree there. I like the green, but that's just me. Two, they choose prospects from Bowman Chrome only cards BCP 150 through BCP 300. This prospect selection is woefully lacking of first Bowman cards, and they have chosen their products from BCP 1 through 300. They would have drawn from people like want, had they chosen their cards from prospects from uh, BCP 1 through 300. They would have drawn from people like Wander Franco, Joey Bart, uh, Marte, Martinez, and all the other uh, hot first Bowman from 2019. 
Three, we're concerned that this product is being hyped to collectors who may be newer to the hobby and less informed about the Bowman resale market. We'd like to see more education and less hype surrounding new releases, but perhaps that's just our job. That's a good point there. Really good, actually. Pack pulled PSA 9s are gross. Completely agree. Just like pack pulled PS or BGS 8.5s and 9s are gross. You don't want to see that. Uh, five, there is no chase. There is no. There are not autographs or other parallels in this product. Here are our th- their thoughts on resale. The player checklist looks strong, but most prospects are second, third, or fourth year prospects. Even a gold 2019 Bowman Chrome Royce Lewis or a gold 2019 Bowman Chrome Bo Bichette number to 50 <clears throat> is less than a $10 card. We'd comp the entire checklist as if the cards were equivalent value to true gold refractors. The average checklist value for the single card is less than $15. The rookies are the upside chase here. A gold Fernando Tatis Jr. rookie from Bowman Chrome is a $250 card. This seems backwards for a Bowman product. Green X-Factor makes this this product pretty undesirable to the Bowman Chrome pursuit. I don't expect to see people completing their rainbows with these cards. I see what you're doing there. So um, those were... Real breaks thoughts. I I tend to agree with most of this. Um, I do like the green color. That's just me. So uh, there's that. But Ryan did a good job of laying out his thoughts here, and I thought I would share those instead of trying to ramble on uh, incoherently about a product that honestly I'm not gonna really be. I'm not gonna buy. So um, Ryan, who who is invested in this, obviously uh, wanted to share. Uh, he did share his thoughts, so I just thought I'd share his thoughts with you as well. And you can take from it what you will. All right, that's uh, from Ryan at Real Breaks and uh, StockX. Now, the last thing I wanted to mention is something that Dub, Joey, over at, uh, well, Joe, Dub Mentality, Joey Shiver, uh, tweeted out that, man, if it's just not the damnedest thing, because it's like spot on right now, and it's kind of, where things are. He says, looks like we've clearly entered a phase with the hobby where you have to be either a hundred percent anti-established torch bearer, or you are a shill for the industry. I miss the days when somebody could see the positive and negative, both sides getting buried, getting, getting barren in the middle of the road. Oh, Joey, I'm glad you said it. And it wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> it, this is 100% true. There, there are this, this segment, I, I call them the the hobby protectors. They're they're, they're protectors of the hobby, and again, they're 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 uh, the guy at the end of Indiana Jones. And uh, if you choose you choose poorly, you're gonna die. And you know, if you choose wisely, you get to you get to go on and and, and live. These are these are those guys, and it is such a drag to see. This is coming from a guy here who you know he I work at Beckett, obviously, and. I know that I'm supposed to toe the company line and, and keep everything in place. And sometimes that's hard to do, <laughs> but just like the extremes, and I, I understand that you don't, you don't move the needle by sitting in the middle of the road, but the extremes that people go to the, the woe is me. Nothing good ever happens for me in the hobby. Everybody should be burnt down because I can't get anything that I want. It, it's not good. And they're just going to burn the hobby down from the inside. The true collector doesn't, doesn't matter anymore. And then the other side where everything is great and positive and you're, you're missing all this. The, yes, this stuff over here is happening, but disregard that. It's just such a beat down. God, 
And my point here is, is there's so much more st- important stuff in life. There's just, there just is. In the, in the, in the long run, this is cardboard with pictures of men on it. And, uh, I know that I probably sound a lot like sports card radio right there when I'm saying that, but it's true. I don't agree with everything that sports card radio says or, or does, but sometimes they have good takes. And that's just the, the, the fact of the matter is. And one of their best takes is this is cardboard with pictures of men on it. That's all it is. It, that's really all it is. I don't care. I don't, I don't care about their Rolexes and, and their, their Maseratis or whatever that they have. That's, that's wonderful. And that's them. They can do them. And, and good for them that they're doing that. That's, that's, that makes them happy. That's fine. And they've, they've tried to make the point that this is cardboard. And I get it. And that's, that's about where I'm at right now. This is just cardboard. I love my job. I love uh, what I get to do and how I get to interact and, and, and do all that. But in the, wrong, in the long run, I'm, I'm, sad, I'm sad to say, I guess I'm just not that true collector. And, and, and that's fine. I don't, if, you, if you don't want to listen to my show because of that, that's fine. And if you don't like my opinion because of that, that's fine. I get it. And, I mean, there are people out there who will cater to that for you and please go listen to their shows and look at their content and content and search it out and it'll make you happy on the other on the other side what's wrong with being right here in the middle of the road joey i'm 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 agreeing with you joey there's nothing wrong with being right here it's it's a nice place you don't have to go to extremes on either side and i I guess it's just a societal thing and we're all just going to burn it down because that's what you know that's why we can't have nice things because we all just burn it down but God, it's just so unnecessary. It just seems really, really unnecessary. And I'm not trying to admonish anybody who who feels that way. It just it just seems unnecessary when you just look at the grand scheme of things. And you know, it, that might be be might might be me just going the complete opposite way, which is which is probably what it is. But that's fine with me. That's fine for me. It's, if it's not your thing, that's not your thing. However. This is a hobby. Let's let's keep it fun. <laughs> There's no reason to be so damn serious about it all the time. It makes nobody that gets nobody anywhere at all. All right, that's why that's what I wanted to react to. So thank you, thank you for listening. I, uh, if you did, and if you didn't, you can tune me out. That's fine too. Um, all right, let's set up the show. It is the end of Slamoween. The, the last week of Slamoween, and I actually don't have a wrestling or anything take for you. What I do have is a young man who pulled a Luca one of one from Ascension, or, or you know, it was from Chronicles, and it was an Ascension card. And he came down, and he got he, he picked up his card, got it graded, and it was his first grading, his, his first grading experience. So he got to come, uh, the, his father brought him down, and they brought the card down, and they had like four or five other cards that they got graded as well. So he was here, uh, Trevor, I believe his name was. In fact, I know it's Trevor because I did interview him. <laughs> Trevor, uh, Trevor sat here, and we just talk, he, he. This is from the hobby, from the ten year old's perspective, and what he sees and how he sees it. And you know what? To, at, listening to it and interviewing him, he's got a business mindset. Like he he sees this and he wants to grow from it. And I know that some of you guys are are gonna uh, take a take offense to that or take. You know, however you want, you're not going to like it, but he's 10. You let him learn, you know, so hopefully this will be a learning experience for him. And then uh, we're going to follow that up with an interview with 
Basil Jackson, he is a linebacker for the New Yorker Lions in the German Football League. He, they just won a championship, and he was here back home in Texas. Brought him, uh, Black Diamond PR firm, brought him by the office. We talked uh, his football career and where he's trying to get with that, his, his next steps, uh, what it's like to win a German championship, uh, and his his collecting experience. He, he was a big Yu-Gi-Oh! collector when he was a kid. He has his own football cards now in, there in Germany that uh, is kind of surreal. I've never thought about football cards in Germany. And just like, you know, what's going on with him and his next steps that he wants to take. It was really it was really good uh, speaking to a young man with such a solid brain, you know, such a solid head on his shoulders. He was a, a, a breath of fresh air and really needed that. So uh, this will actually be our last show in for about a week because I got to pack my equipment up and go up to Toronto where uh, we will be coming to you live from the sports card memorabilia expo there in uh, in mississauga and i'm gonna i'm looking forward to that so this will be the last time you hear my voice so we'll, before we get to the show i want to say thank you to our sponsors again um i'm sorry this will be the last time you hear my voice this week for about a week and a half unless you're playing the back catalog which i appreciate so want to give a big shout out and thank you to my sponsors again pastime marketplace badger breaks and of course dynasty breaks uh thanks for being a part of the show i really appreciate that means a lot that uh, you keep the guys, you, you keep it free, and that's that's awesome. So um, thank you to them. Uh, hope you guys enjoy this week, and um, just hang tight. And we'll be right back after the break with Trevor, all the way from Massachusetts down here with his first grading experience. Hey, this is Ben with I Break Cards, and you're listening to the Fat Packs. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break, and uh, we are wrapping up Slamoween, where we we talk all things wrestling and uh, having having fun as we had a great a great Slamoween uh, this month. But this this is not about wrestling at all. This is a this is about a young man who had a card dream and he achieved it. Just kidding. What's up, Trevor? How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing really well. All right, Trevor, uh, tell everybody tell tell everybody who you are. Uh, my name is Trevor Moynihan. I live in Massachusetts. Okay, and you're 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your what's your favorite subject in, in school? school? Yeah, um, probably math. Probably math, he says. All right, Trevor, tell everybody why you're here today. What happened recently? Uh, I opened a box of Chronicles basketball. Okay. From 2018-2019, and I got a redemption card of Luka Doncic, and oh. it was a one of one platinum autograph. All right, there you go. And then, so you, how, or tell me about that moment. How'd you feel in that moment, right? Probably more happy than I've ever been. <laughs> more happy. And this is coming from a Kings fan, everybody. I just want you to, I want to put that out right now. He's a Kings fan. So he pulls, he pulls Luca, and you, you're just really excited through the roof, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Talk about the box of Chronicles for it. Let's get, let's go back a little bit. Talk about the box of Chronicles. How did you acquire that box of Chronicles? Uh, I ordered it online okay. through one of my like, Dealers. I only have like one dealer. Okay. Who you, I go to. You can a shout lot. out. Go ahead. It's um the locker room seventy eight. All right. Sweet. I picked that box up from him, and he he sent it to my house, and I opened it, and you, there was a Luka Doncic. Okay. All right. In there. All right. Do you remember any of the other hits that you had from this box? Shake Milton. Shake Milton. Out of forty nine. Out of forty nine. Uh, T Hacks in the room. I'm gonna look at T Hack and ask who Shake Milton. Mil- 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 
be a, a huge star in the future. And then Probably you, not. <laughs> and this other guy named Luka Doncic, uh, one of one platinum autograph. So what do you know about Luka? I know that he plays for the Dallas Mavericks. Is that the extent of your knowledge? No. <laughs> no? Okay. All right. What, what else uh, do you know? He won Rookie of the Year. Okay. And I know he scored more than 20, I believe. I think he scored like 19 to 20 points a game All right. as a rookie. All right. And I believe I pulled his card. Okay. Okay. All I'm right. gonna be excited to get the card after it's done getting graded. So, what puts the plan in place? So like, what? How do you get from Massachusetts all the way down here to Dallas, Texas? Um, I had an AAU tournament in Boston for basketball. Okay. And then that same night, we got on a plane to fly to Dallas. Okay. At like six. At six. All right. And the plane, the flight ended at like ten. At 10, okay. And then we had to drive to the hotel, All right. which took another five minutes. <laughs> okay. So, getting off the plane was hard, though. Yeah? Yeah. Were you tired? Just beat? Did you win the tournament? Yeah. Yeah, you, so you yeah. won the tournament, so you got that going for you. You come down here, and uh, Panini graciously opened their, their doors for you. Yep. What do you think when you walk into the Panini building? Because that's a cool experience. More excited when I pulled the Luca card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say that because they're in the room right now. Yeah. I mean, you just... No, I was really excited when yeah. I walked into Panini. Like I was actually. So I have a few favorite things that are just in the lobby uh, of the Panini building. Did you happen to notice anything that stood out to you in the in the lobby of the Panini building? Posters on the wall. Yeah, poster. But like any of the cards or any of the of the basketballs or the footballs that are out there or that cool little. Kitty basketball goal that's autographed, or weren't some of them like authenticated by Beckett? Well, no, that's all Panini authentic over there. They're all mm -hmm. doing their own thing there. But so mine is mine is like the little card studio that they have. It's like their little history of, of Panini and Donruss and and Score. They have great a great little setup, oh, and you can go yeah. back and look at all their brands and some of the bigger mm -hmm. hits pulled out of those. I do believe they also have a pair of Kobe autographed shoes. Yeah, I saw those, that. Those are pretty dope, right? So. Uh, all right, you're in the Panini building. You're excited, more excited than you were when you pulled the. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I've never heard of this before, and maybe this is a new thing that Panini's rolling out for everybody. I don't know, but they're just letting people pick up redemptions at their. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had two redemptions I needed to pick up. Okay, but this is a big one. That's why it happened, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. they they obviously they give you the uh, the gold standard treatment when they when they go back to pull the redemption for you, and you see the Luca for the first time. How are you feeling? Probably about the same excitement as when I pulled it. Yeah. 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 So it, has it has it hit you yet that like you've pulled this really massive card? Yeah. Are you, yeah okay. Yeah. You, are you, so you're on cloud nine, right? Yeah. Obviously, you get the card. Uh, I, I'm sure they you know make a big deal about it over there, which they should. And you, now you're here at Beckett, and you're getting it graded. How are you feeling right now? Kind of nervous. Yeah. Kind of nervous. Yeah. Do you pay attention to grading at all, like with, with cards? Not really. Not really. So what made you want to get this one graded? Because I feel like if it gets graded a uh, higher grade, mm -hmm. it'll be worth more in value. Okay. Makes makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I, I get what you're going there. So if say say you get it graded, it comes back a 9, 5, 10, or maybe even a 10, 10. Are you flipping it for Darren Fox cards? Probably I'm flipping it for to help my business out. Your business. Tell me about your business. Uh, my business is really just like an Instagram account right now, but I started gaining more followers, okay. followers as the more posts I post sure. about my better cards. Of course. Yeah. And so 
So? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, so, I have like 180 followers on that. I go right. by like the card kid. There you go. Right there. That's yeah. exactly. I See, I, I could have set you up, but I wanted you to get there to yourself. You did a good job. Yeah. Um, or the card kid. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's go back and because and, you're 10 years old. Mm-hmm. All right. You say you have a business. How does that mind work? How do you, how do you have a business mind concept at 10 years old? Uh, I trade cards. I sell cards. Like okay. I sell cards on eBay. Okay. I um, trade cards with my friends. Okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. So, w- what's your goal for this Instagram account? What do you what do you what do you really want to achieve with it? I want to achieve like gaining more followers, so more people can see my cards. Okay. The more that I have. All right. The more better cards that I have. Sure. And I want to do like trades and stuff with more and more people. Okay. As they come, because I know a lot of people have better cards than me. All right. Because I know that for a fact. Sure. But you got 40 De'Aaron Fox rookies. Yeah, autos. Right? <laughs> Let's talk about your De'Aaron Fox uh, collection for a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. Just because this is interesting to me. You're 10 years old. You're kind of getting in on the ground floor, especially of this De'Aaron Fox kid, right? And you pull this awesome Luca, and um, we, we talk about it all the time in the hobby, how we need more kids involved in the hobby. We need more mm-hmm. uh, more representation from your age group. And now you're here, and you're and you're – you're getting to see the, this firsthand on the back on the backhand side, right? So, one, we'll start with your thoughts on like the bigger picture. Now that you kind of see what happens at Panini and what happens at Beckett, or you know, what are your thoughts about like that side of the business? Because I'm sure it's different than what it was even earlier today before you went. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, how is it different? Do you think? Uh. Like, the online version is different from, like, the in-person version. I, like, go and I see all the offices and stuff where, like, they design the cards, mm-hmm. they make the cards, they buy the boxes, stuff like that. They design the boxes where they put the the packs, like, in the boxes. Yeah. I thought it was just, like, really cool to go to Panini and see all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we can't let you back in the grading room. Yeah, I know. But you're I here. But you're here. Go back there. <laughs> but you're here checking this out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, it's pretty It's pretty tight-lipped around here, right? It, it, you can't just walk through the door. I'm not, yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm just, I'm not leading you or anything. I'm not trying to do that. But I think people in general think that maybe you can just walk up to Panini or walk up to Beckett. No, and, you can't. Like, like it's it's not a you can't just get in, right? Mm-hmm. So you're getting to see a, again. You're getting to see a little insider information, if you will. And do you think as you as you leave today, this will either do you think it'll heighten your your relationship with the hobby, or do you think uh, it's it might be the same? I think it'll heighten that. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So. Um, I want to just thank you, first of all, for coming over. Appreciate it. No I know you look tired. You look like you've, you've been on a plane ride and, and played a basketball game, and, <laughs> and uh, you've been all over the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But uh, you look tired, and, oh, I see Jeremy Murray over there. He does not have your card. Okay, so uh, just thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for coming down. You should probably be at school today, unless you're out of school. Are you out of school? I'm homeschooled. You're homeschooled? God bless America. My, <laughs> my son's homeschooled, too. That way we don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. All right, uh, Trevor, thanks so much. Before we go, though. Give my listeners all your social media, like if you're on Twitter or Instagram. You said Instagram, but give them that kind of stuff so they can find you and, and, and follow the okay. story of this Luca. My Instagram account is called the underscore card underscore kid underscore. Okay. No, after the kid, no underscore. It's just a dot and a three. Okay. And so, that's my Instagram. So the 
underscore card underscore kid dot three. Yes. There you go. You can find him on uh, on Instagram. His name's Trevor. Make sure you tell him the fat pack sent you. Sent you. He might give you a little shout out or something. Maybe I don't know. As I'm looking at him, he. Like, <laughs> All right. Hey, did you have fun? Yes. Yeah. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this grade is. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But yeah, now I'm kind of nervous about it. I would be nervous too. It's a big card, man. I, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm. I'm 38 years old. I've been collecting for 30 years. I've never pulled a card like that. So you were like heads heads and tails further away from what i've ever pulled so mm-hmm. uh congratulations on that and let's see what happens i'm there now okay hey this is the wrestling pastor and you are listening to the fat packs podcast all right we're moving right along here uh as we wrap up slam a ween 2019 uh our our uh our great theme of uh, of every every October is we celebrate wrestling, boxing, UFC. But we're going to switch gears. We're going to go uh, a little football action today. Uh, got my friend Basil Jackson in the house. He's just back from Germany, Brunswick, Brunswick, Germany. Is that right, Basil? Yes, sir. And he just won a championship with the New Yorker Lions. He plays. Uh, is that that's is that semi pro ball? Is that professional? What is uh, that? It's considered professional over there. So. Okay. Yep. All right. So tell me. Let's let's go back and let's talk about uh, let's talk about how you got there, okay? So you you start here in uh, the DFW area in uh, Arlington Seguin, right? Mm-hmm. All right, and then you end up at Tarleton State, which is a is a it's a it's an NCAA two school. Yeah, is that right? It's, it's Division two. Uh, they're actually making the jump up to Division one, but um, started playing at Seguin. Uh, ended up at Northwestern State. It's double A. Wanted to go bigger, so I ended up at a junior college. Ended up getting hurt, so I ended up at Division two. Um, tore it up my senior year, finished second or third in the nation in tackles. Um, after that, had some NFL interests, did the pro day and all that good jazz. Um, had some workouts with some CFL teams as well, but ultimately couldn't find anybody to uh, give me a contract. Um, just had a bunch of workouts, practice squad opportunities, things of that nature. And so uh, I ended up picking up a job at a law firm to see if I wanted to get some experience uh, to go ahead and get a law degree. I was like, what the heck? Like, I should still be playing football. And so sure. um, I started looking for leagues to play in, and I found the German Football League. And it's funny, I, t- I tell this story all the time. Um, I, I Googled what are the two best teams in the German Football League. And so uh, I found two teams, uh, the team that I play for, the New Yorker Lions, uh, and then Schwabish Hall Unicorns. Um, and so I actually reached out to both teams. The Lions got back to me, and I actually played the teams against each other. I was kind of <laughs> like, hey – um, you know, the coach was like, hey, we're interested. We like your film, and um, but we're looking at some other guys. And so I kind of was like, you know what, like the other team, you know, that lo- you guys lost to in the championship wants to sign me, so what are you guys going to do? Sure. Uh, and he was like, in a panic, he was like, we'll send you the contract. And so we got off the phone, and he sent me the contract. I signed it and sent it back over. And so there you go. I ended up in Germany. You kind of just like deboed your way into the league. Yeah, it was <laughs> – I've learned that you have to take risks and you have to be more proactive in trying to pursue opportunities and stuff. So, so a good life lesson for me. Let's go back and talk about Tarleton State because uh, we have a guy in our office here. He's our sales director. He went to he went to Ochita State. What Ochita up somewhere up in Arkansas? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I think is that Wachita Baptist? Yeah, Wachita. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I got it all wrong. Sorry about that, Ted. Don't fire me, please. <laughs> um, so, uh, what's the what's the competition level like on on that level? Um, so it's getting better and better. Um, a lot of times at Division two schools, you end up with guys that may have, 
you know, gotten into some trouble at, at Power Five programs or FBS schools or didn't have the grades in junior college. Or, yeah, didn't have the grades in junior college, may have had D1 offers. And so um, it's definitely growing, to say the least. We've had a few draft picks within the last couple of years, but it obviously doesn't compare to, sure, you know, right. like a, an SEC school or something of that nature. Right. So, you, but you, you had a great senior season. How many tackles did you say you had? I had 122 in 10 games. And you led you led the nation in tackles? Second in the nation. Oh, second in the nation. Yeah, that's... in 10 games. The other guys had 12 or 14 games. Okay, so. that's crazy, yeah. man. That's crazy. Who, who are some guys on that team that uh, you, we might have heard of? Um, EJ Speed, he's with the Indianapolis Colts right now. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else from my team, really. Uh, we had Dominique Martin. He went to the Rams for a little bit. But there were some other guys in the league. Luis Perez, uh, he played in the AAF, got picked up by the Rams. And Texas A&M Commerce, they won a national championship, and so they had a bunch of guys that year. But last year we won the championship. They won conference. And then this year they're undefeated in, like, third or fourth in the sure. nation. They're killing it. So it's awesome to see that. They have a new stadium now and things of that nature. So the program is definitely moving up. Awesome. That's awesome. Now, you had a you had a quick quick little stint with the Cowboys, too. Tell me about that. Uh, man, it, it honestly wasn't anything spectacular. Um, got picked up. Uh, I, I went to the Dallas Day workout and drew some interest there. Uh, got picked up, maybe did like a day or two of rookie camp. And, I mean, mm-hmm. they drafted uh, a linebacker in the first round that year. So. Sure. I, I didn't last very long. <laughs> that was late in Vanderish, right? Yeah. yeah, obviously. So so you ended up over in Germany. You kind of deboed your way into Germany. What's the competition level like there? Because um, clearly it's not going to be the NFL, but I'm sure these guys are still playing their hearts out because they're trying to get to you know either the CFL or the NFL looking for you know looking for looks. So what's the competition like there? Yeah, so I actually kind of – I haven't gotten to be on a CFL roster just yet, but I, I kind of would probably compare it to – uh, the CFL just because of the structure mm-hmm. um, they can only have so many Americans so we have two Americans on offense two Americans on defense okay. and the rest of the players are European or you know African descent or different you know different they come from different cultures but um, competition wise obviously you know in Europe and overseas they grow up playing soccer football to them is mm-hmm. soccer and so right. uh, I wouldn't say that it compares to playing the NFL obviously it's sure. the best but uh, it's somewhere around the CFL, maybe a, a step below the CFL, um, upper upper D one for sure. Did you take a look at like uh, Arena League or anything like that before you made that jump over to Germany? Uh, the Arena League just seems real like WWE ish to me. <laughs> the walls and stuff, and yeah, people getting flying over the walls and getting slammed and stuff like that. So I didn't really, I don't want to say I didn't consider it real football, but. Uh, this seemed like the best opportunity for me. Sure. So, what have you? How have you? How has your game developed in Germany? The what kind of steps or strides have you made playing there and learning that league? Yeah. So it's it's actually crazy. Um, there's a guy from Dallas, Texas, named Jamal White, um, that's been out there for three or four years. He played Double A and he went to camp with um, Oakland, I believe. And so when I got out there, I still kind of had a college mentality, playing linebacker trying to be in on every tackle, just throwing my body into everything. And so one of the things that I had to learn quickly um, whenever I got out there was that I need to – how to play more safe, how to know when I need to dive or throw my body in on tackles in those bigger games versus when we're up by 40 on a team and I don't need to be, (laughs) you know, trying to make every single tackle. And so I think that the biggest thing is I've grown from a mental standpoint. I used to make a lot of plays in college off of – pure talent but now I can say I'm more of a student of the game and I I know what's going on and why our defensive coordinator is calling certain plays and different Mm -hmm. things of that nature how how are film sessions there you you watching a lot of film 
Yeah. A lot of classroom work. Oh yeah. A, yeah. Lo- a lot of that. Um, and a lot of, and actually a lot of the guys that, that play the non A, we call them A's, the Americans, uh, the non A's, a lot of them maybe, you know, studying on the side or working, you know, doing internships and stuff like that. And so, uh, for the A's, we don't have anything but football. Like we're mm-hmm. imports completely, and so my time throughout the week, I spend a lot of time in the office office with my defensive coordinator, and he's just drawing up stuff on the board, telling me what he's thinking going into mm-hmm. the game that week, and different stuff of that nature. And how long is the season? Um, Seventeen games. Okay. So my right. first game was in May. And then the championship was October 12th. And so, strangely enough, we have a month break in the middle of our season. Just a month long by A week. month break. <laughs> Summer break is what they call it. Really? Yeah. And they, they just pick back up after that? Yeah, just pick back up after that. So what's that first practice like back after a month long break? Uh, so we actually have like, we have a practice, you know, a week, you know, before the game. We usually practice that week and guys are out of shape and <laughs> not in the best shape. But um, during the break, I actually took the opportunity or I took um, the, yeah, the opportunity to travel and stuff like that. And so uh, I did some training towards the end, but it was a good opportunity for me to decompress and see some of Europe and stuff. So I think that's one of the biggest attractions of going overseas to play. Sure. What do you see over there that you like? I've been to Europe. I've been to Germany. Uh, my favorite place is Greece, but what, what, where'd you go on, on that you had the opportunity to go check out? So I went to a couple of different places. I think the awesome thing is a lot of my teammates are are, are European, and so usually whenever I went on a trip somewhere, I, I just went home with a guy that was from one okay. of those places. Yeah, and yeah. So I went home with one of my teammates to Paris. Um, I went to Amsterdam. Uh, I went to a couple of different places in Germany, but the biggest one that I'm still – dreaming about is venice italy yeah yeah uh, it was it was so beautiful i had, before i went i had heard stories that you know in 10 to 12 years it'll be underwater completely so i was like i have to go see it and it just it blows my mind how beautiful it is so did you find that it that it was kind of uh odiferous like it kind of stank a little bit because to me when i was there it kind of had a, a definite a definite odor to it yeah so i've heard i've heard a lot of i've heard a lot of people say that you know it's overcrowded and it stinks but that actually wasn't my experience when i was there i don't know if it was because it was rainy or what was going on but it actually wasn't it wasn't very crowded and uh, i didn't really have any problem with it stinking but i kind of got in and out i was there three or four days and then i took off so absolutely okay all right so let's talk about uh, let's go back to the league how's how's the language barrier because is there one or is it is it pretty clear what your coaches are trying to get across to you so um two of my coaches are american uh one of them is from kentucky i can't remember off the top of my head where my head coach is from but the other coaches their english is broken okay Uh, my german is broken but uh same thing with my teammates you have it's like a melting pot of guys from so many Mm -hmm. different places and they do grow up with english over there uh but my texas twang is hard for them to understand (laughs) sometimes and so uh, there definitely is some miscommunication issues, but you know I got there a few months before the season, so we got to try to work some of that stuff out. But mm-hmm. the the awesome thing about football is you know there's a lot of hand signaling stuff to each other, so that that made things a little bit easier for sure. So going back to the classroom, is is that like an emphasis during the week as, when when you're studying film or whatever? Is there is there any kind of language prep or anything like that? Uh, I wouldn't say that there's prep, but there are times where. Uh, my DC, when he wants to say something to me or the other Americans, he'll, you know, 
use language that we might understand, and then he might, you know, say what he has to say, and then say it again in German, and they're sure. all like listening, and it just blows my mind. But the city that I lived in wasn't an international city either, and so I had to learn how to speak a little German to get by. Sure. Now, let, let's build me up to that championship game. All right. Did you guys just just roll through everyone, or did you was it a was it a up and down season? I wouldn't say that it was an up and down season. Uh, it's probably the most confident that I've been in the team, but there were definitely a ton of games where um, I wasn't too sure how we were going to win. We had a road game uh, in Dresden, Germany. Uh, we played in this big soccer stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, our quarterback had thrown like two pick sixes in the first half. Oh, no. uh, they had one of our running backs fumbled, and they took it back like 90 yards. And so we – we weren't looking too hot, and somehow we still found a way to win that game. Sure. Um, aside from that, we were kind of in some pretty tight games. A couple times this year, we were down at half, and uh, somebody made a play to change the course of the game. And so uh, building up to that point, we did have a, a first-round bye and stuff like that. And the team that we played in the championship, they've won it the last two years. And the last time we won, we beat them. And so – Everybody, you know, they're like, they're the powerhouse. Everybody mm-hmm. was like, y'all are good, but y'all aren't going to beat them. And sure. So um, we're champs, though. So Yeah, you're champs. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, that you feel great about that. But winning winning the German League championship, is that on the level, like as college or, or any other championship, I would assume? Yeah, I mean, it's a great feeling. I won a, I won a championship in junior college, but I played a lot of cleanup. We had guys that went to – big D1 schools all over the place. And so um, that was a great feeling, but I, I I did more of like a special – I was a freshman, so I had more of a special teams and cleanup role when we were blowing people out. But this championship, I mean, it's 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 an amazing feeling. Sure. Um, we had a parade in the city, like just the love and support. Our fan base is crazy. And so it, it it's a really good feeling. That's awesome. A really awesome. good feeling, an unexplainable one. Sure. Now – what happens next? Is this a year-to-year thing? Do you have to make the conscious decision to go back, or are you just on the roster? Yeah, so so they want me back for sure. Um, whenever we were talking uh, this time last year or earlier this year, um, I just wanted to sign a one-year deal because sure. I had already had plans of jumping up to the CFL or NFL. I just had been out for a year, so I needed film. And so that's still the plan. Um, they want me to come back, and so that'll be within the next couple of months. But the plan is to have something – Lined sure. up, yeah, awesome. to make a jump up to the CFL. Awesome. Now, uh, we are a Collectibles Park podcast, so i got to ask you a few collecting questions. Oh, yeah. uh, you said that, uh, one, you had cards that the team did. So is that – how are the fans accepting those? Is it, is it like a stadium giveaway, or is it something they can purchase at a, at a store? Or Yeah, so we actually have like a uh, – I don't know what to call it, but it's kind of like a, a book, like a collector's book maybe you okay, could say. Sure. And, and so you buy the – you buy these mystery packs of the car, the cards mm-hmm. with you know different people in the like on the team, and so um, it's kind of like a, they they made it interesting with like some trading and stuff because you might buy a package and it may not have me and it it may have right, a right. bunch of our kicker in it or something, and sure. so it, it kind of created some buzz around the city. I would be walking around the city and fans would come up to me and hand me the card and ask for me to sign it sure. and stuff like that. But it's pretty awesome. I um I'm missing a lot of stickers so or cards. So my teammates um <laughs> they were trying to like charge me for them. So no oh, man, I'm not gonna buy your card. <laughs> so uh, you just said that that's got that's a surreal feeling. People ask for my autograph when I'm at shows and it's weird. How does it feel when people ask for your autograph? 
it's it's crazy. It's crazy, I, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it really is crazy because I'm just like, I mean, who am I that you want my autograph? Or they're yeah. like, will you please sign this? Like running up to me, will you please take a picture? I'm like, of course I will. Like it's not, yeah. not a big deal. Like, but I mean, if you want me to sign something, I'll sign it. But I don't ever look at myself as better than anybody or you know anything of that. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. it's it's a weird feeling. The first time it ever happened to me was actually in this show that we're going to go to in a couple of weeks in Toronto. And uh, a young man, he was maybe nine, 10 years old, came up and asked for my autograph. And I was like, uh, I looked at his dad. I was like, is this really happening? He's like, yeah, man, he loves your show. I'm like, okay. So uh-huh. I, I signed a little thing for him and it was a, it was a weird experience. And uh, my son travels with me sometimes to shows and he sees that and he's like, he's just, just dumbfounded by it. He can't understand why they would want his dad's autograph, but but it happens. Uh, really weird. All right. And you also collected uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. You said that your mom tossed. I think that's a that's a story that a lot of collectors can uh, relate to. Uh, tell me about your Yu-Gi-Oh cards and, and their ultimate demise. Yeah. So um, I actually grew up uh, uh, an avid Yu-Gi-Oh fan. And it's so strange because it was so long ago that I don't too much remember any of the cards that I had uh, in specific. But I do remember being, you know, this insane, you know, fan. And every time my mom got paid, I was like, can you just give me a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards? And I used to watch it on the weekends. Uh, I used to be up in the morning wrapped in my blanket with a bowl of cereal sitting in front of the TV waiting for Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh mm-hmm. to come on. And it just, it broke my heart. But we ended up moving. And so um, where we were going to, there wasn't a lot of space for it. And so we packed it all up in a crate. And she promised me that, you know, it would just be temporary. And then I went to go visit my grandma and I came back and we were moving to another state and she brought everything but my cards and my comics. So uh, that was, did you have a favorite comic book? Um, you have I, a favorite comic book character? Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. Really? That yeah. fourth wall break that, that, uh, probably kids should be listening to or watching. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> That's awesome. For sure. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, Tell me about this foundation, Brandy. My, my good friend Brandy, she's in the room with us. She told me about this foundation you have. Tell me about. Tell me what this is. Okay, uh, so it actually is an idea. Okay, um, it actually is an idea that uh, just popped up about a year and a half ago. Um, I didn't grow up with my dad in my life, and so um, I showed up. We had to wear a tie to school. Uh, I think I might have been in the eighth or ninth grade, and so. I showed up, I watched a YouTube video on how to tie this tie. I mm-hmm. showed up with this tie that was very poorly tied. And um, I walked past the principal and he just busted out laughing hysterically. And oh, I didn't no. know what was going on. And he was like, you don't have, like he laughed and he was like, you don't have a dad to teach you how to tie a tie. And I broke down crying. He pulled me into his office and we had this long talk and he told me that everything is going to be all right. And he taught me how to tie a tie. And so I put that on the back burner and, um, as of recently, I just remembered that feeling. I had never dealt with it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I want to do something to impact mm-hmm. um, people. And so what I'm doing is I'm building this foundation where I, I look into, you know, finding a group, um, whatever the age group is, that boys are competent enough to learn how to tie a tie. And then mm-hmm. I can probably hold their focus as well. But sure. basically going to the schools and give them a message. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer, a big Christian. So Absolutely. obviously in the public schooling system, I have to try to leave the God thing out of it. But tell them, mm-hmm. you know, that there's a purpose and a plan for their life and tell them they matter. Um, give them, you know, do a workshop on teaching them how to tie a tie. And um, along with that, give them a certificate for, you know, learning how to tie a tie. An extension of that will be uh, me to have a portal on my website where 
they can go in and design custom design a tie to match their personality. There you go. And one of the other extensions of that that I'm looking into doing is either a YouTube channel or a podcast or something of that nature where um, I provide resources on just different life skills, how to budget, how to write a check, uh, financial literacy, business principles, things like that, that I didn't really get growing up that are missing in a lot of public schools. Sure, today. absolutely. Now, you, you kind of glossed over it, and I, I understand why, but you don't have to do that here. I'm a, I'm a believer as well, I'm, I, uh, and everybody who listens to this podcast knows that. I'm not shy about it. So um, that's – you. What you're doing is an amazing thing, and your your idea, and I, I hope that it gets off the ground. Um, what, do you have a name for it yet? I don't. No, have an, I don't have a name for it yet. I'm I'm real scatterbrained, and so uh, Brandy's been helping me out a lot with that and trying to get everything together. I'm real rough around the edges, so I have all these ideas, and I'm just struggling to like put them all together. Sure. But How about knot it up? Knot it up. I like. That. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I mean, if you like it, please, yeah, please take I, it. But actually, I, I have to look and make sure that's not already taken somewhere. Yeah, that's that's beautiful, man. Yeah. So, uh, so what's next for what's what's next for Basil? What's what's going on next? Yeah. So aside from that, um, I'm in the process of building. Um, I'm trying to partner with schools to teach financial literacy uh, as an after-school program. They have different stuff right now already with the STEM Lego stuff and things of that nature. And so I'm going to be doing workshops at public schools, either after school or during school for parents and for kids to teach those financial literacy things, how Mm -hmm. to budget, what is credit, different things of that nature. But aside from that, my biggest priority is figuring out, you know, what my next football job is going to be. Right. Obviously I have the opportunity to go back to Germany, but I went to Germany to get film and I've done, I've certainly done enough or more than enough in my opinion to make a jump up. And so, Uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. I'm pretty confident that I will get an opportunity, and all I need is to get a toe in the door, and I know I'll be fine. Absolutely. All things are possible through Christ, right? All right, uh, guys, that's going to be it this week. I really appreciate hanging out with me uh, as we wrap up Slam Reversary, Slam Halloween, and uh, we, we didn't talk much wrestling today, but that's okay. You can catch that uh, conversation on the Twitter feed. Uh, Basil, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, it was a pleasure and honor. I'm grateful for it. Do you have a social media you want to put out there? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. It's all the same, uh, Basil Jackson underscore. So you can message me on there. We can talk. I uh, do a blog and some other stuff as well. So connect with me on there. We can get something going maybe. Awesome. I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Black Diamond PR as well. Thank you so much, Brandy, who's smiling at me from across the room. We've uh, You've heard me talk about Brandy before on the show. We've known each other for a very long time, so I'm uh, – thankful and grateful to be able to work with friends uh, like this guys thanks for hanging out the next time you hear my voice we will be coming from uh the international center in in toronto so uh it'll be about another week hang tight until then just keep listening cue the drake